you cannot teach something like that on a one-day course. You're not, you're not get, if you don't know anything, you're not getting an understanding. You're mm. just getting a lot of jargon spilled out of you that you don't understand. So yes. it's nonsense. That is training providers trying to protect revenue. Mm. You know, and I'll tell you what, if you're a training provider, whether you're online or in a classroom and you are not filtering out the people that buy your course, you're part of the problem. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Electrician Show. It's been a while since the last one. I've been in Portugal. I make no apologies. Sorry, Mark. I make no apologies <laughs> at all. Um, and to be honest, there's been a quite a lot of quite a lot of content out there. So let's make some room, I suppose, and let everyone have a bit of the limelight, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we'll step aside out of the, the limelight for other people, mate. Yeah. Uh, like you say, it's just one of those, isn't it? We've both been busy. You've been busy picking olives or whatever you've been doing out there, painting your pool. I've been in the rain working, and uh, yeah, it's nice to nice Gation to get on a podcast. Don't make me say a lot of twat. It's not a pool, isn't it? It's, a, it's an old irrigation tank that we've tiled. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you've made a nice job of it, though. It's looking good out there. Oh, please! If any of you haven't watched, go check out Part Time Portugal but, um, on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I've sort of enjoyed listening to the other podcasts that are coming back and. Listen to everything else out there, but there's just so much of it out there at a minute. And um, I don't think there's enough hours in a day for everyone to watch what they want to watch. It's just, it's just non-stop. We, we said this before, didn't we, before we press the record button. Yeah. There's just it, so much going on at the minute. There is, and some of it's really good, and some of it isn't. It's just the way it goes, isn't it? And um, hopefully we can produce some stuff that's half decent for other people to maybe enjoy tonight. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Oh, I think I'll see that. We'll just do a, um Instagram Live. I don't want to live in a while. Yeah, we'll have to do another one of them. They're always decent. Yeah, I know. I enjoy them because they're a bit more fly. I think I put on Instagram earlier. I was so bored today. I put like an ask me a question thing. I sent you a couple I, of questions. Did you? I was about to say, I don't think anyone sent me a question. I, I'm, I'm that dumb. I don't think I know, know how you to do You don't get them. notifications for them. You have to go back onto that, that story you posted and click who's seen it. And then the questions are in there. See, that's how dumb I am. Well, yeah, I don't think any of my questions were specific, uh, specifically challenging, but um, relevant to so what we're doing tonight, actually. So why can't I see anything? Oh. Yeah, you asked the only two questions. But <laughs> 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 it was so boring. <sighs> I, yeah, I can't ask you any interesting questions, I'm afraid. But yeah, another Instagram live, they're always good at it if you get that interaction from people, and it's nice. Um, you know, to see what other people think in the conversation rather than just sit us two talking away about something. Yeah, and also it goes down a rabbit hole, doesn't it? You get sort of caught off guard and you have the more not more honest chats that you would have in a canteen or in a van or in, a, in, the, in the wholesalers because we don't script this. It's just where we don't write anything down. We just, um, we try and wing it. Yeah. We might make some notes and all that if it's a bit technical. But um, yeah, we just see how it goes. And tonight, well, what we're going to talk about tonight Minimum standards statement that some people make. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You couldn't remember that long enough to get to look up to find out what tonight's podcast was about. We, That's not you, are, you, sent, you sent a little list for me and I'm like, which one are we actually going for? Because like you say, we don't research this or anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I've got the right topic. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just like people terming the, the regs as the minimum standard. I put a tweet out, you probably remember, maybe three or four weeks ago now, that, that offended me. And it didn't, 
but I, I put that in the tweet to try and get some reaction because if you just say, you know, are the regs really the minimum standard? No one says, no one pays any attention, no one takes any notice. But if you say it offends me that people say that, all of a sudden everyone wants to say something. Yeah, I must admit. So let's go back a bit. So if those of you don't know, um, so what what I tend to do um, with these podcasts is that when something sort of develops on social media. Um, if there's a sticking point or an argument, uh, I don't mean that argument in a negative way, sort of a back and forth debate, um, I'll make a little note of the discussion and um, I'll try and bring it here. Um, and I thought this was, this is something that's always, I've always sort of wondered. And it's t- in terms of, as you said, it's not the terminology that BS761 is the minimum standard and we should work from the regulations. I'm sick of hearing that. Okay, we all know that. It's the way some people use it to beat others that meet the regulations. That's what I think it yeah. gets used by some people for. Um, someone will do a perfectly good job and it will meet the regulations in full. And they will, they, they will then, someone else will say, oh, that's just the minimum standard. As if they've just done the absolute bare bones minimum like some sort of rubbish install. It's like a temporary install or something, you know? It's just, I find it's just not fair. You know, to, to meet that book, to meet that big blue book, that is a tall order. Let's not forget that minimum standard, that minimum standard, and for those listening, I'm doing inverted commas, air quotes, that is a very, very, very high benchmark. Very high. Yeah. And you will get the people that are a bit holier than thou, that want to try and sell you some more of their courses on the on their website or whatever, that you'll get these people that will try and use that to, 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 to as a selling point for. Uh, you actually said it very well. I think you might have missed it over. They use it in terms of a way to to maybe to metaphorically boost their chair up so they're above everyone else. Mm. I, I, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. You're trying to position yourself in a way that you are the, the font of all knowledge and you're the one person deciding exactly. what is what is maximum and minimum. So if we're saying that it's a minimum standard, there must be a maximum as well. And who's dictating what that is? Where is there any guidance? It's all people's interpretation and, you know, it's subjective. A lot of it is subjective. What it's we totally think, subjective. Yeah, what we think might be might be better, you know, could well not be. And what what basis are you making that on is it better in terms of safety in terms of cost how it looks there's so many different factors and the wiring rigs like you said have been put together by industry they are a very very high bar and everybody generally is pricing work against that document you're designing from it you know you're putting your suggestions towards your clients based on the requirements of that so to suggest that you know we should be working from and above that at all times I just think that's a bit of a, a backwards way to look at it. And it's like putting people down before you've even started to, to work as a proper contractor and attain that standard is a good thing. Um, and we should be more proud of that regulation, the regulations themselves. I mean, we, we can't even get domestic houses right between us. Like, mm. Sorry, that's not the wrong, that's the wrong way. We can't even agree, agree on what's right for domestic dwellings. Like, yeah. see the size of that book. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's just like, let's just get, why, why, why is this industry so hell bent on sticking the knife into other people in yeah. the same industry? Because it I've heard, a- I've heard it before, and people say it's a Twitter thing. It's not a Twitter thing. It's no. a fucking it's an electrician electrician's thing. I'm sure it is. It's about having that big swinging dick about it. You know what I mean? Look at me. I know more than you. I've seen people say I work beyond the. 
I won't name the person who does this. He's very, very vocal about working beyond the regulations. I've worked two. I'm that so if I've got a test that test 15 times, why would I not test an RCD 50 times? Because it's dumb. It's mm. dumb to test an RCD 50 times. Oh no. So I'm talking, I'm, I'm rabbiting now. <laughs> Slow down, Neil. It's not dumb to test 15 times. It's not needed. So don't no. say it's needed. And this is just an example. But this same person fits split load RCDs. Balls. Mm. Yeah. I know. And that's that's the that's the argument lost straight away, isn't it, on that basis? How can you have how can you hold that same thought of I'm gonna mug people off who don't test 10 times an RCD, type A RCD people, sorry, because there is the argument about testing 10 times or the five times, the DC side, the AC side, right? How can you hold that argument that I'm going to test 10 times? Because why wouldn't you? I work from the regulations and then put a post up showing that you're still fitting split load RCD balls. Mm-hmm. How much are RCDs in the domestic world now? Uh, Mark's I got close. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cheap as anything. If you want to go for an RCD board now, the cost difference is maybe 50 quid at the budget range. It's really not a factor anymore. It was, but it's not anymore. And, and the thing is, it's like, to me, I am, and I, I, I wouldn't say in all cases, but I would say the vast, vast majority of cases, a split load RCD doesn't really comply with the intent of the regs. Yeah, I think we've had that discussion before, haven't we? And while you can kind of suggest that it's okay and it does meet the regs, really, if you're truly honest about it as an electrician, you know from your division of circuits, it isn't really in, in a workable modern installation going in today. I don't think we should be using them anymore. No, I don't think we should be used. I mean, they was bought into. It's bought in for pure cost saving. No other reason. Mm. It was like we need to, uh, the regulations are changing. We're getting towards more and more RCDs. Right? How can we offer a budget option, absolute bare budget option, and still have an argument that we're meeting the uh, meeting the intent of the regs? Now that may have been all right when you're just doing our, uh, sockets on RCDs. So you maybe you know what I mean, but nowadays yeah. you 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 got every single in a domestic dwelling almost every single circuit's going to have to be an RCD, and then you got like the slightest fault. I mean, I'm, I'm having I'm having toasters and uh, dishwashers trip out of my AFDDs in my house now. If that was a split load board, which it was uh, persimmon home built it, it was a split load <laughs> BG board. Okay, you're losing half your house. I don't yeah. think that's I don't think that's minimising a fault. No, no, it's not really, is it? That was kind of a twisting of the regs that was made at the time, and it's just kind of stuck around in there. Uh, definitely is one of those things where I think if, you, if you're saying that's the minimum standard in the regs, you're kind of pushing it. You're kind of just hovering under that line in some people's opinion and just over it in others. And I guess that's what we're saying with this. It's how you see it as that, that minimum standard, if that's what people are calling it. Is it any more safe? to have um, a board full of RCBOs as to two RCDs in terms of detecting earth faults, then no, it isn't. But is it more safe in terms of somebody tripping down the stairs because the toaster's on the blink when it's dark? Mm. Then yes, it is. So there's, there's the two arguments in both those directions. And you can say the same thing, you know, people in the domestic world, people often say about just clipping your cables to the wall on new build and not using capping or your oval tube. To, to do your drops for rewiring in the future. And, you know, there's there's a good argument for that. But in other ways, you can say that that's potentially less safe because you've got to reduce your current carrying capacity of your cables if you're going in a, in a conduit. Um, you're not putting them in surface contact with the wall to try and dissipate some of the heat within them. You're increasing the cost for the 
a client that you could consider has been unnecessary the labor aspect on the job you know there's other factors to it all and it is just our own opinions on it so as long as you meet that benchmark that's why i prefer to think of the regs as it's a benchmark that ethical contractors if you like seek to attain and work to the minimum standard that goes on out in industry is way 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 below that we mm. see it every mm. day on social media with some of the posts that get shared that's the minimum standard what do you think the biggest for me the biggest i think one of probably one of the biggest things out there is the workmanship issue yeah that is where a lot of it falls short in terms of opinion yeah you know i mean i've seen some I've seen some cables and SWAs installed in such a way I'm like, that looks like it's on a building site. That's in someone's garden. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, so we're back, everyone. So Mark's just uh, obviously Mark lives up north <laughs> past Watford, and um, they're still running on steam engines and uh, things like. We only got the right. internet in 2020 through COVID. It's only just come out around here. <laughs> My internet's just got orange, which is not a good sign. Um, but yes, yeah, so that could have been me, but never mind. Um, so where was me? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not, you see this bad workmanship and that's it, or poor workmanship or not workmanship where it should be. And and people seem to not really know what they're doing is not right because they're posting pictures of it and they're celebrating it. And that's fine. You know what I mean? It's people's work. But I don't want to get to a point where I'm slagging off people's work. It's, it's not very nice to people. Um, and there's always a story. You know, there's always a story. What if Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Client have only got 50 quid and it's an 150 quid job and that person's doing it for a favour? Mm. You know, there's always, there's always two sides of story. But so anyway, I'm, I'm digressing a bit. In terms of like, how, I, I cannot see how people, when people do this thing where they use the standards 7671 to beat people with really in terms of what, you're only just meeting the standards, but that's like the bottom standard. I, I, I just think it's a dick measuring contest. I think that's all it is. Mm. yeah totally and and if you want to go what you consider has been above and beyond something then then crack on with that to be told where'd you end yeah do, do, I mean, do you install do you install west WA in a, on a rewire instead of true enough i was good that's one of the examples i've written down on my notes so you're going to go to that that point of doing everything in swa and then you've got the weakening of the structure because you are because you need to drill bigger holes deeper chases is it's it just, really better it's, it's nonsense I mean, listen <laughs> it is better it is better. Of course, it's better to have something in a steel conduit or a steel or steel wide armored or or pyro. Of course, that's going to be a stronger, more durable installation, without a doubt. Also, you're going to get away with a few RCDs, aren't you? <laughs> but um, of course, it's going to be a stronger, more durable installation. But at what cost? Mm. At yeah. Four, five, six times the cost. Which might make rewires prohibitively expensive for lots of people who will not bother having them done. Is that ethical? No, I wouldn't have said so. Is it, We're there to is, provide it, a... is it ethical to charge to knowingly use your what you th what, it, to go above and beyond uh, the minimum standards again? I should use that word in, in in air quotes and charge people five, six, seven times the price um, just to put more profit. Not just, but a product or byproduct of that would be more profit in your in your in your uh, in your in your in your, in your bank account. Is that ethical? No, I don't think it is. And there's a lot of other factors to this. You can spill off in all sorts of places of like using larger size conductors and um, the extra extra element of producing the raw materials to do these rewires. You know, you're, you're draining copper resources, all the transportation issues. 
is it really green with all this COP26 thing we've had going on this week? There's, there's a lot of different point. ways you can look at it. It's not mm. just the case of this is more electrically safe, it is better. Um, you know, it's not always the truth of the actual matter. You know, it really mm. isn't. And it's one of those ways, like you say, going around holding up this has been better as something else and we should all be doing it to this standard and that's the minimum. It, it's nonsense. It really is. The standard within the 18th edition of the wiring regulations as we have them now is a very, very high bar. And to work to and attain that, we should be more proud as an industry. Mm. I mean, we have, people really take, we have people taking wiring rigs courses who aren't even electricians. That annoys me. Mm. Um, I, and I get the argument that wholesalers and whatnot management might want to do a course and have understanding of the wiring rigs. Make them a separate course for that. I don't, I don't, I don't get that argument at all. Because fundamentally, you cannot teach something like that on a one-day course. You're not, you're not get, if you don't know anything, you're not getting an understanding. You're just getting a lot of jargon spilled out of you that you don't understand. So yes. it's nonsense. That is training providers trying to protect revenue. Mm. You know, and I'll tell you what, if you're a training provider, whether you're online or in a classroom and you are not filtering out the people that buy your course, you're part of the problem. Simple as that. Don't care who you are, you're part of the problem. Yeah, I'd just like to see a bit of a higher bar held for the wiring regulations throughout the industry and not so much bashing it all the time has been a minimum having people who aren't electricians taking these courses. I think if we, if we try and do little things like that, it can drastically help improve things that's going out on site and improve the true minimum standard, which is people who aren't registered in CPSs or if they are, don't really care about the wiring rigs. They're just after slapping stuff in as fast as they can to get some return on their investment of training. Yeah, that's yeah. the actual real world minimum standard. To lift that up, we need to get real with what some of the problems actually are. Um, and suggesting the wiring rates is some sort of minimum standard we all need to work from and stuff is just a nonsense. Yeah, I've got a few other things as well. 2391, put that in that, on the, with the wire regulations. Yes. 2396, that's quite a difficult one. I don't think you get many people off the, off, off the street taking that. Um, BS5266, BS fire alarms, all them stuff. They should be taken unless you've got a fundamental fundamental knowledge of electrical systems in my opinion they should all be bolt-on courses you can't you should not and this is probably probably for another podcast in my opinion you should not be able to sit a five-day fire alarm course and call yourself a fire alarm engineer i think that is wrong yeah totally and that's just it's it's a disgrace to be honest what does go on and you've seen the test campaigns do with apprenticeships and short course training and all of that lot which is fantastic but it does spill into a wider, bigger issue with training in the electrical industry. And if we want to go out and have an understanding of how you MOT test the car or something, we can't go do a one-day course as non-mechanics and, and have a working knowledge of that. It just doesn't happen, does it? No. It seems we open up the door to training to any Tom, Dick and Harry, um, and that's part of the problem with all of this, rather than how we're terming something has been a minimum standard or not. Yeah, I find it very frustrating. And, uh, and I just wish... Uh, it, it's not is it is it really prevalent do a lot of people really call it the minimum standard i think it's it is used in certain i'd say there's probably a there's a few power players knocking around social media that will use it to beat other people and i, I think it's rude i think it's um I think it's un- ungentlemanly like. I, th- I think it's against the engineering principles, that's for sure. The ethical principles of the engineering council. I think it's all these things. I don't think you should. You should. I mean, when I said it on Twitter, I think um, Monty had done some posts somewhere else. Uh, so that's Peter Monty, but I don't mind mentioning him. We talk a lot on social media. 
I hadn't actually seen that post. I was talking about something else in a different place, um, hearing discussion going on. So what, so was, that, are, what was that about that tweet? Then? That was a, the, what, what triggered that off? Because it was it was Monty that said it, wasn't it? It was. Uh... Yeah, well, Monty had had some discussion with. Was other it about people. the RCDs, wasn't it? I think it was yeah, the RCDs. I think, yeah, I think it, I think it was. Um, I don't want to quote something that wasn't right, but I think so. Mm. But yeah, I hadn't actually seen that at that point. It was only when he assumed I'd said that about him when we started having a bit of discussion that I realised, you know, that maybe some people are led to think in the same way and maybe my opinion on it is wrong. Um, and I do get that maybe from a, a factual point of view, if we're looking at it as electrical contractors, if we do want to work in this industry, there is a baseline we have to achieve and some people might want to term that as the minimum. doesn't mean that they're wrong. I disagree with that terminology. I don't think it's very... Well, to, yeah, no, exactly. But to use the English dictionary, it is the minimum we need to achieve works towards, yeah. But that doesn't, but I, uh, I'm risking repeating myself, it gets used as a, a tool to bash people with when they haven't gone above and beyond. But like you said earlier, excuse me, going above and beyond is a personal choice in agreement with the client, uh, based on funds, based on ability, based on uh, what part of the industry you're in. Mm. You know, you can't. Sometimes we can convince ourselves that something is above and beyond as well when actually it isn't. And the RCD testing one is a good one of that. We're saying about the five tests and the 10 tests and testing for, for type A. Um, but that testing that your MFT does is in no way equivalent to the product type testing that the manufacturers do. Oh, you're going to have mega on your case. Yeah, well, it is, it is a simulated test, isn't it? But if you think about it with your, with your AFDDs as well, and there's... There's loads of components we install in electrical systems and we never test them because oh. to replicate product standard testing is impossible out in the field for a start. You'd need a lab van with you with like half a million quid's worth of gear in it. Yeah. Not practical. So there has to be a level of assumption made that what we've been supplied is fit for purpose because it meets those standards. Um, and RCDs are kind of stepping towards that now. When you break them up and look inside them, have you seen them videos on YouTube where people have actually taken them apart? No. Uh, I think Big Clive's done one where he's drilled one open and had a look in it. They're full of electronics. Mm. You know, it's not basic coils and heated elements in there anymore. There's a mm. lot more to it. And probably foul safe as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to start testing this stuff and if we then come to the conclusion it's faulty and send it back to a manufacturer or inconvenience a client when actually it meets that product standard, when they get it back and test it in-house, are we really going above the minimum standard? No, you're or interfering. Are we causing a nuisance? Yeah, you're interfering in things that you've got no business in interfering in just because some prat on the internet said it was going above and beyond. That's the, mm. that's the reality to you. It's like, you know what I mean? And you're getting people doing, going really in depth in this. It's like, no, it's very simple. It's very, 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 very simple. This is, in my humble opinion, what happened. You had the uh, the, the move from away from type A to uh, type AC to type ARCDs, then a, a, um, testing manufacturer decides to try and sell a load more testers and say this is what needs to be done and now we've got we're in a position where this myth has become semi-believed and the electric has been a nightmare for myths or always been a nightmare for myths and and now we get to a stage where we're doing it and i, I hats off to luden they went on to uh efix and they challenged uh, they challenged mega and said no you don't have to do that and the eca were there and they said, no, you don't have to do that. And then, and then Mega said, no, if you, no, you do. It's like, well, sorry, you, you just make a test equipment. You don't write the regs. You know, you, you just make the equipment to be tested. You can't sit there and say, tell, tell electricians that that's what you need to do. You've yeah. got no position to say that at all. And it's quite, 
I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed in Mega. And for another reason, which we all know about, I'm disappointed in Mega. But um, that, that for me, is, is, is overstepping your boundary. It's like you shouldn't be telling people things are, are, this is how things should be when they clearly do not just to sell your product. That's unethical, rude, and uh, it's robbing people. You know, mm. annoys me, really annoys me. Well, the Luden will be well aware of the product standard test they have to meet with the equipment they're providing, and they'll have labs for doing it in. So they know full well that you can't replicate that into an NFT. And whatever the testing we are doing, you know, it's not going to be equivalent to that. Um, you know, and with, and with that, Luden hats off to him. That's where I was going with that. So I was like, hats off to him because he's managed to keep it. I could see him sort of sitting there literally going, guys, you're killing me here. Like, we have to deal with a fallout, not Mega or not any yeah. other manufacturer. We're the ones who are getting sent back perfectly safe RCDs. Yep. You know, and I felt for him. He's like, I'll, I'll set and watch that. That's probably one of the best 45 minutes electrical content I've ever watched. It was brilliant. Because what I liked about it, it was different sides of the view. In a, around a table, treating each other with respect and having a debate. And it was to hear the things going backwards and forwards. And I was listening to this Luden guy. And I was like, Jesus, yeah, you're right. He's like, we're in a state now where people are saying, go above and beyond, we're going above and beyond. But then they're not taking that knowledge with them. They're not, no. I mean, they're not then going, right, okay, Mr. Client, would you like me to test outside BS7671 and test your RCD to product standard? I bet they're not saying that. I bet no. they're saying, no, this is what I need to do to meet 7671. You know? And then exactly. they're using iffy equipment that's not fit for the purpose, you know, iffy atmosphere that's not fit for the purpose. Um and then and then judging it to a standard that's not fit for the purpose. Yeah. But that's going above and beyond, apparently. No, I don't know. That's it. We're contractors out on the coalface doing the job every day. We see what actually goes down and goes on. And a lot of the people who suggest this minimum standard aren't. You know, it's all right when you're basing it on books and how the how the world would look if everything was rosy and there was magical unicorns running around. But that's not the reality. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those. And the RCD one, one of the things we can do as electricians is measure for DC currents in AC circuits. So we can do stuff like that quite simply. That'd be a good test that you could do and you can, could consider that as being above and beyond the wiring regs maybe. Um, but, you know, we, we have to kind of be respectful of our boundary of yeah. producing accurate information to occupy as clients. You know, we're issuing a report or we're issuing certification on something. We need to know that the information we're providing is correct. And if there's any kind of doubt about that, then it's really not a test or, or an inspection we can make and mm. give an opinion on, in, in, the way I look at it anyway. I wouldn't like to do a test on an RCD that I wasn't confident that the figures I was producing were right. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that we should be doing, in my opinion. No, I agree. Well, I don't think personally I'm a big, I'm a big believer in opinions should not be in electrical condition reports anyway it shouldn't be opinions should be factually based yeah. this is what you've got this is what it is you know i've all i know it's called the record observations and recommendations page but as a rule we don't put recommendations in anything no this is us telling you what your report what your installation is like it's not yeah. sales power it's not sales pitch because we all know we can ask you can ask five different electricians how to fix that problem that i've highlighted and you get five different answers yeah, probably five <laughs> different curves on it as well in the first place, because it's all subjective, isn't it? That's the thing. It really is, which is why when you're saying something's minimum or maximum, it's all just an opinion. And like you say, when, it, when that's used to try and belittle people, I think we have like a crisis of confidence in a lot of younger electricians, certainly through yeah. Apprentice one-to-one -one and speaking to them 
in the way I do, they're always doubting themselves and asking questions. And, and ultimately, they know the answers. They actually mm. know what they should be doing. Self-confidence lacking. But it's mm. that doubt because they see all of this debate and discussion in industry of like, well, that's not really how you should do it. It should be like this. And all of a sudden, they're questioning their own training, their own experience. Um, I, heard, I, I, heard, I don't I think it's healthy. This. No, of course it's not healthy. It's bullshit. But I heard once one person saying, I won't name them because it's just it's just embarrassing, that we should... As part of the ICR, EICR process, we should go above and beyond and measure the resistance length of the bonding conductors, then estimate how long that is and work out if the resistance of that copper cable, i.e. the bonding conductor, is accurate to that. Why? Yeah, and again, there's no real world experience in forming that opinion because it would well, take you half a day to bloody do it in some okay, but what, but then Okay, but why not do that on every cable? Well, yeah. But why, why that? I mean, why? I don't even get it. why. And this is this is out there. This content is out there, and 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 yet there's this this is sort of judgmental way it's put across. Well, well, it's like well, if you're not doing that, you have got to ask yourself if you should be even working as an electrician. It's like what? When was the last time you got paid to do a job as an electrician? But I mean, why why would you do that? Exactly. I mean, you look at some of the gas bonds on a on a commercial install. They can be, you know really really long you're going to need a massive wonder lead you on the stations i'm doing at the moment i mean god knows i've been there five weeks just trying to do it work out where they're going yeah. i mean to be honest i can't i can't name it for obvious reasons but we're having we're, we're having such nightmares with some of the rcrs we're doing at the moment i think these are regularly tested and we go off a bit of a tangent here but it's just like we've actually had to put a quote in to do a bonding survey because we just can't we can't do it we can't complete it these places have got like five six different incomers yeah. Um, so we, we just can't do it as part of the ARCR. There's there's too many faults with it. Yeah. And we're going. Well, we can't get. We this is now turning it outside the remit because you've got all these different incomers and what they do they do twenty percent of the installation every year. So over yeah. the five years that makes the hundred percent compliance. Uh, I said, look, you need to have a bonding survey done and then issue that to each EICR separately. But anyway, it's a side track. But to sit there and try and start. I mean, it's just bonkers. I think it's when people sit in a place of the domestic electrical industry is the only industry and apply that to everything. And it's the yeah. same with the RCD testing. In a domestic property, if you want to do 10 tests, it might just be two RCDs. It could be a board of 10 RCBOs. In a commercial real environment, you could have a board with 30 or 40 RCBOs in it. All of a sudden, that's quite a well, bit more time. Well, put it this way, the railways, for as long as I had known, fit these things called DCMU and RCDs. And there's generally two manufacturers, Blakely and a company called FDB Electrical. Um, they're the only two people I know that make these, these DC and RCDs that have always been there because of the DC saturation of the third rail. Mm -hmm. So if you install an RCD within 30 meters of a DCCR, um, you have to install these things. We've never tested 10 times. Yeah. And they've been there for as long, 30, 40, 50 years. And no one's ever tested them 10 times. No, I mean, that's probably because there's an awareness that you can't reliably do that test and get an accurate result on it. And also, these are not 50-pound RCBOs. They're 300-pound <laughs> RCDs. They're made from quality equipment. They've gone through vigorous tests, and they're fit for the industry they're supposed to be working in. You know, we'll there's a little bit of trust there. We were talking before this about RCDs that you were buying. You know, job, another job you're doing, it's ridiculous saying it's something like a metre high or something. Yeah, this about, yeah, humongous, metre high. But they think they, because because of the way they've got to work, you've got, they're basically an MCCB with a shunt trip 
and coils mm. with inside. And some of these have got 120, 185 mil cable sits. So they've got to be that big just to get the cables in. Yeah. And then the, the, the wiring regs again, they take all of that in from the domestic RCBO to your big rail thing. And it, it's all in there. We should hold it in much higher regard. regard. Yeah. Um, one of the right. things I, I want to show you this actually, Neil, this is the, the TIS um, little tester. Yeah. Here we go. Here we you go. need go one on, of these. Get your plug in, go on. You need one of these. It's not a plug. I, actually <laughs> I know. I know. Anybody. But this we're, is we're, we're going over to TIS now. I'm leaving Mega behind. And, uh, yeah, what's what's the guy? Steve? Is it Steve? Yeah, Steve here. Steve from TIS has, um, has, been, has been in touch. We're going to buy a few bits off him. So, yeah, please. Yeah, no, it's brilliant stuff. And I don't think anyone else does this. It'll measure your AC and your DC leakage. So, I've been playing around with this a bit at my office because I've got a type AC RCD looking after my socket circuit there. And this has been measuring about 11 milliamps of circulating DC currents. But the RCD still, still tests out fine. So that was interesting. Well, that is interesting. And oh, let's, let's do it. Sort it. Let's go. I, I, I don't like to try. I don't like to go too far off on tangent. But you know what? It's a podcast. Chill out. Um, I have always said in respect to that, that type of AC RCDs will still be fine in 95% of domestic cases probably 99% of domestic cases. I really do believe that. I had type AC on spit load when I moved in and I've got DC coming out my ear holes. Just I've got loads of electronics. just a bit of a gadget man. Um, loads of electronics and they tested fine every single time. And that was a yeah. spit load. Yeah. And, and and my own experience from messing around testing them says the same. But there must be some sort of research and stuff that's been done in places and labs beyond what we, what we know to say that that's not going to be reliable in every installation, which is why they're going for these type A, type Bs. Um, yeah, there must be a reason for it. Without doubt, there's no doubt in my mind as saturation goes on, because we've actually seen it, we've seen the evidence, it happens and it does affect the RCD. That is an absolute yeah. fact. Uh, my only argument is how, how common is it? How much DC really, there's never been real yeah. studies on, I mean, for instance, that circuit you said, that's the first time I've ever heard of anyone saying that's exact what I've got. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would love. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually going to buy one in tonight, and I'm going to do it at my house to see. You know, somebody just put it over the incomer and just do yeah, the whole, the whole, just, whole whole installation. Then couldn't you just stick it on the the line or the neutral tail, and it'll tell you exactly what's flowing through there, or your DC current, or your AC. And that'd be interesting to to know because I don't think it's as prevalent as what people maybe suggest. I think it's, it I think it's probably a factor when you've got solar on the on the system with the solar generation. You may be getting large amounts of, of circulating DC currents because of that, but maybe normal household appliances aren't as bad as we think they are. Um, you know, we've we've had type AC RCDs in for maybe I don't know forever, haven't they? In the last mm. twenty years or so, there's been plenty of electronics in people's homes. It's not a new thing where all of a sudden we've just got broadband and laptops. They've been around for a while. So what's um, type A? Six milliamps? Is, is that? No, sorry, type AC. What's it, what? There's an so AC zero, zero DC at all, then. Yeah, yeah, and you've got your six milliamps that you're allowed. Um, On circular. the type A? Yeah, yeah. But there must have some, there must be some manufacturing tolerance then to it. It must be to a type there AC. To there has to be. It can't be one milliamp, not going to work. Can't be. I can't imagine mm -hmm. a product standard would allow that. No, and I, I found out quite recently that a lot of the type A CDs and RCBOs actually meet the AC standard as well. Uh, it was only through installing fuse box that I became aware of that because they actually state it on their literature. What, so they, they sell type AC that beat type A or the other round? Yeah. So all their type A RCBOs are also compatible as type AC, so they're, they're both. So is that like um, 
But I think all of them are like that. Mm. I've just never joined the dots on that before. Yeah, I think, yeah. So type A is like a type ACRD with this extra protection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've never joined those dots before to appreciate that that's what that product actually was. But yeah, it's uh, that's how they work. It, it's, it's one of those where there has to be a reason for it. I don't believe that just your basic electronics in a normal person's domestic house is really going to blind one. I've certainly never seen it myself. So I can only speak from my own experience. I imagine it's more for if you've got solar, EV, other bits and pieces that are going to impact onto it more. But I'm going to keep an eye on it now I've got the meter. I'm going to play around with what's going on in my house. We do have type ARCDs at home, but at the office it's a type AC, so we can kind of mess about and see what we can make it do. Mm, that's interesting. I'd love to go and put like one of the towels in a big station. Yeah. You might be, it might be struggling. I think it maxes out at, um, what's it max out at? Did say uh, 10 amps on your DC range. So you might be pushing it in real. Maybe. Be interesting though. Be interesting to see if it differs when trains pull in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I think we'll wrap it up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed it, Neil. Nice chatting with you. So that's, um, that's our views on using BS7671 as a minimum standard. If you're doing so, you're a dick. Right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later.